This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer It's me, it's me, 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 oh Lord Standing in the need of prayer It's me, it's me, me, oh Lord Standing in the need of prayer Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh Lord Standing in the need of prayer Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh Lord Standing in the need of prayer it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not the preacher, not the deacon, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not the preacher, not the deacon, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my neighbor, but stranger, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my neighbor, not a stranger, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I need the every hour, most gracious Lord, no tender voice like Welcome to Worship Good Neighbors. 
You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Taig, our musicians. Thanks too to Isaac Christensen, who is our recording engineer. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577 or by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Debbie Bowe in memory of her husband, Wayne Bowe. We thank Debbie for her generosity in sponsoring this broadcast. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we're not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. A recording today is for the Sundays after Pentecost. You may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible with and our Bibles for the kids as part of your home worship materials. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We continue with our confession. God of goodness and mercy, help us as we open our hearts and confess our sins. We doubt your presence and activity in our lives when we are struggling, confused, or hurting. Sometimes we lack patience, assuming we know when and how all things should happen. We forget that you are faithful in your promises to us. Other times we forget how vast your love is for us, for each of your children that you have uniquely created with purpose. We are truly sorry and ask for your forgiveness. Help us to do what's right in the days to come. Surround us and renew us with your grace. Amen. Hear then this absolution. God is good and loves us unconditionally at all times and in all places. By grace we have been saved. In the name of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Amen. I hope you can join us as we sing our gathering songs. When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sleep Thou hast taught me to say 
Thanks for that beautiful music, Jim and Debbie. It's wonderful to have Debbie back again. We missed her these past week or so, so love listening to you two sing. 
Good neighbors, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join me then in the prayer of the day. Let us pray. O God, eternal goodness, immeasurable love, you place your gifts before us. We eat and are satisfied. Fill us and this world with all that it needs and with the life that comes only from you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself or bless someone who is worshiping with you today. You can begin with a touch on the forehead and use the Trinity formula, saying, be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This time we'll turn to the Holy Scriptures. And if you have a Bible with you, I'd invite you to turn with us and follow along with these scripture readings. Our Old Testament lesson for today is from the book of Deuteronomy. We're reading from chapter 30, um, verses 15 through 20. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways and observing his commandments, decrees and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them. I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him for that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Here ends our Old Testament lesson. The Psalm text is Psalm 1. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all they do they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Here ends the psalm text. The New Testament lesson is from Paul's letter to the Philippians, the third chapter, verses seven through 11. Paul writes, Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, 
but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. Somehow I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. It's time now for a few minutes with our young neighbors. Hello kids, how are you? So I record this message, I'm trying to imagine the different places and people that might be listening to it and you kids who might be listening along today. I'd like you to picture just something with me and imagine, if you would, that you have been given a little gift of money, let's say $5 and your mom or dad has taken you to Walmart and said, you can spend those $5 any way you want. Remember the last time I was in Walmart and I had $5 in my wallet and I began looking around and the first thing I saw were candy bars in the candy rack and I said, how many candy bars can I get with $5? Two or three Hershey bars or Snickers or whatever it might be. And that sounded pretty good until I wandered over to the toy aisle and I began looking at all the different toys. A lot of them were more than $5, but there were some. There were some toys, uh, there were fake snakes or dinosaurs or there were balls that I could get or there were little toy figures. And I imagined what it would be like if I bought one of those toys with the $5 I had. And then I wandered through the sporting goods section and I noticed I could get a can of tennis balls or ping pong balls or things like that. Those are sports that I enjoy playing. And I could buy some new balls with my $5. And by that time, I was over in the grocery section and I was close to the donuts. And I thought, wow, look at all of those donuts I could buy or muffins or cookies, all of the sweet treats. There were so many choices to make that I finally left Walmart with my $5 still in my wallet. I couldn't choose. There were just too many good things that I could get. Well, I don't know if that's ever happened to you or you've been given some money and gone to the store and had to make a choice. But in our lessons today, the Old Testament lesson from Deuteronomy and the Psalm text, God is asking us to make a choice. And in the lesson from Philippians that I read, Jesus, too, is asking us to make a choice, and he will in the gospel text that I'm going to read in just a few moments. And God and Jesus are saying, in the midst of all of the good things that you find in life, whether it's your friends or your family or watching TV or playing outside or going on vacation or all of the fun things that you can do, reading a book or drawing with crayons, whatever you enjoy doing, out of all of the fun things you can do and all of the choices you can make, day after day, God and Jesus are saying, choose me, choose me. It's not that you can't do those other things, but God and Jesus want us every day to find ways to choose them and find in them all of the blessing, the goodness, the love, the mercy they have for us. We can do that when we stop for a moment and just say a prayer like, thank you, Jesus, for today, or thanks, Jesus, for this food. Or we can do it when we go to Sunday school or to church, we choose that. We can do it when we're kind to the people around us. Showing kindness, being good to them, is a way of choosing to follow Jesus, a way of choosing what God wants for us. 
Well, every day you have lots and lots of choices to make, and sometimes it's hard to choose. But our lessons today remind us that in the midst of those choices, God and Jesus ask us to pause and find ways to choose them. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Jesus, there are so many fun things to choose to do and fun things that I can buy. Help me remember when life is full of choices and all kinds of good things, not to forget about you, but to find ways to choose, to follow you and find you in the midst of my busy days. Thank you for choosing me and for all your love for me. We pray this, Jesus, in your strong name. Amen. I'll ask Jim and Debbie to come and sing a song for us, please. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Every color, every grace, they are covered by his grace. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus calls his children dear, come to me and never fear, for I love the little children of the world. I will take you by the hand, lead you to the better land. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Every color, every race, they are covered by his grace. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Thanks again, Jim and Debbie, for that lovely song, Jesus Does Indeed, to love all of us children all around the wide world. The gospel text for this Sunday is from Luke, uh, the 14th chapter, and I'm reading verses 25 through 33. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, and even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and it is not able to finish, all who will see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, the past few weeks our Gospel texts, and me with them, have told stories and made suggestions about helping people in need. Like last week, Jesus feeding the 5,000 hungry people or the weeks before, Jesus seeing the restless crowd and feeling like they were all sheep without a shepherd 
and his heart swelling for them with love and compassion. What I've suggested these past weeks in the variety of sermons that I've shared is that Jesus calls us, you and me, to follow him into the lives of the homeless, the hungry, the lonely, the sick, the sorrowing, and the hopeless. And though I've gotten a few comments about my sermons, I'm not really sure what you think about my suggestion and about Jesus' call to each of us. Well, the gospel text that I picked today and the message with it really invites more soul searching on all of our parts about Jesus and his call to each of us. I wonder if you have ever experienced sticker shock. It happens when you're thinking of buying something, you're interested in it or you're getting a little excited about it, and then you look to see how much it costs and bam, you're shocked to see that it costs much, much more than you imagined. I was up along the North Shore of Lake Superior last year with my three boys and my grandson, Henry, for a guy's trip. Henry at that time was not quite four, and he was wide-eyed with all the variety of things we were doing. Many of those things with the caveat, be sure you don't tell mom about this. Staying up late to watch the twins, don't tell mom. Donuts and chocolate milk for lunch, don't tell mom. Root beer for breakfast and a burping contest, don't tell mom, and so on. You get the idea. Anyway, one of the important aspects of a guy's weekend, at least our guy's weekend, was making sure that one breakfast had bacon. And so I went to the little local market close to where we were staying so I could pick up a pound of bacon and bam, sticker shock. One pound of bacon at this little store way up north was $11.25. I almost fainted. Was this some kind of special pig, a blue ribbon winner at a fair, or maybe somebody's pet? But it was Guy's weekend and Henry's education hung in the balance, and we had to have some expensive very expensive bacon the next morning. Well, in our text today, I can imagine the whole crowd of people feeling some sticker shock. They'd come out to see this famous rabbi, this teacher, this miracle worker, this guy named Jesus. They'd come out of curiosity and maybe because they didn't have anything else going on or they'd come out to be fed like Jesus had done with 5,000 hungry people that worked before. They maybe had come out to see a miracle or two, or maybe to be healed if they weren't feeling well. And instead of Jesus welcoming them and warming up the crowd with a few good stories and maybe a bit of wisdom about life and faith, Jesus tells them point blank what it costs to become his follower. Unless you put me first, even before your father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, unless you put me first, he says, you can't be a follower of mine. Unless you make me your very first priority and pick up your own cross and follow me, you cannot be a follower of mine. Unless you put me first, even before all of your stuff, even the most precious stuff you have, you can't be a follower of mine, and bam, sticker shock. 
Like my encounter with the very expensive bacon, in these verses, Jesus reminds us that there is a choice to be made and a cost to be paid in following him. Well, I went ahead and made the choice and paid the cost for that bacon because it was so important, so essential for our guys' trip. And Jesus is asking us just how important he is in the whole scheme of our lives. He's saying, in effect, I'm not willing to play second fiddle in your life. I'm not willing to be just one priority among many. I'm not interested in tourists, people who come for a short time and then leave. I want your full commitment, your full loyalty, all your love. And bam, sticker shock. This is a high price indeed. And what do we do about it? If you're at all like me, you try to hedge your bets. You try to arrive at a safer, less costly way to follow Jesus than taking up your cross and making Jesus your number one priority. One of the most sobering quotes that I have come across is from the Danish philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard. He said this, The matter is quite simple. The Bible is very easy to understand. But we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers. We pretend to be unable to understand it because we know very well that the minute we understand, we're obliged to act accordingly. Take any words in the New Testament, and I would just add here, parenthetically, like the words in our gospel text today, where Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. Kierkegaard says, take any words in the New Testament and forget everything except pledging yourself to act accordingly. My God, you will say, if I do that, my whole life will be ruined. How would I ever get on in the world? Herein lies the real place of Christian scholarship. Christian scholarship is the church's prodigious invention to defend itself against the Bible to ensure that we can continue to be good Christians without the Bible coming too close. Dreadful it is to fall into the hands of the living God. Yes, it is even dreadful to be alone with the New Testament. Well, whenever I read that little quote from Kierkegaard, it always makes me come up short and really think about the way that I hedge my bets, the way that I hear Jesus call and nod my head, yes, yes, Jesus, and then try to find a different way to follow him, to make him just one priority or among many, or to kind of soften his call to give up anything to come and be his follower. Even pastors do this, and maybe especially pastors. One of my favorite stories, and I don't know if I've told this before, or you likely have heard it before, but it's about three pastors who have gathered at a bar after work one day and they're talking about how they decide what to give back to the church. The first pastor says, you know, when I get my paycheck, I cash it and I go to my office and I draw a circle around myself and I throw the money up in the air and all the money that comes down inside the circle that's the money for me. I keep that. But any money that falls outside the circle, I give that to God. The second pastor, hearing that, said, you know, I have a system that's very similar. I 
get my paycheck and I cash it and I go into my office and I draw a circle and I throw the money up in the air, but whatever money lands inside the circle, that's what I give to God. And anything that lands outside the circle, I keep that for myself. The third pastor just shakes her head and says, you know, those are pretty good systems, but I've learned a different way to do it. When I get my check, I cash it and I go into the office, but I don't draw a circle. I just throw the money up in the air and God takes whatever he wants when it's up in the air. Everything that comes back down to ground, that's what I keep for myself. Every time I think of that little story, often when I'm thinking about stewardship or about what I'm giving back to the church, what I'm giving back to the cause of Christ. I recognize myself in that third pastor that I try to find ways to hedge my bets, to keep as much of my stuff, as much of my life and my privacy and my time for myself, to safeguard myself against these words of Jesus. Anyone who wants to be my follower must deny himself or herself and pick up their cross and come and follow me. Well, when we do that, when we hedge our bets, when we find ways to soften these words of Jesus, we miss what Jesus has to offer each of us. And that, dear friends in Christ, is the real problem. You see, Jesus is looking for a relationship with us, not simply a religion. And the relationship that Jesus wants is a lifelong commitment and covenant, not a one-night stand. And finally, not only does Jesus want to give you and me all of the love and mercy and forgiveness and grace he has in store for us, a lifelong endeavor for sure, he wants to turn around and he wants us to give that love and mercy and forgiveness and grace away to a world in need. Again, a lifelong endeavor. Only when we do that will we discover all that God wants for us. And only then will the world discover through us all that God, all that Jesus wants to give to it. I'd mentioned Henry at the beginning of my sermon and the boys weekend that we had a year ago. Not long after that, we were at Perkins in the Twin Cities. Our family had gone to church and then we often go out for brunch at Perkins afterwards. And we'd had a fun brunch together and I was getting up to leave, and Henry, as I was leaving, reached out, wanted me to pick him up and give him a hug and to hold him. And I was in my Sunday clothes and noticed as I went to do that that all of the front of Henry's shirt was smushed with the macaroni and cheese that he had been eating. And I hesitated, thinking about the mess that it would be smushed all over me, but just for a moment. I bent down and picked up my grandson and held him tight, not worrying about the mac and cheese that was getting smushed all over me. When Jesus calls us, it's like my grandson Henry reaching out to me. It can be a messy business. We can get dirty as we follow our Lord. But when we reach out, and Jesus reaches out to us, and we discover in his arms all of the love, the mercy, the grace, the forgiveness that God has for us. And we know in ways that we never would elsewise how much we are loved and how deep is God's goodness and grace for each of us.
Amen. Invite Jim and Debbie to come and sing for us again. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I, who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright, who will bear my light to them. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I? Thank you, Debbie and Jim. We continue then as we confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We continue then with the prayers of the church. Debbie and Jim. Children pray. 
Rooted in Christ and sustained by the Spirit, we offer our prayers for the Church, the world, and all of creation. You call your Church to be the body of Christ. Awaken all the baptized to the gifts you provide for carrying out the work of ministry. Where the Church is divided, knit us together and restore the unity of the faith. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. You command the clouds above and cause the wind to blow in the heavens. Watch over deserts and wilderness places. Regenerate rainforests. Defend species at risk of extinction. And strengthen the work of conservation organizations. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You summon leaders to respond to the needs of your people. Instill those who govern with patience when confronted with grievances and perseverance in seeking what promotes the well-being of the community. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You draw near to those who cry out for help. And today we especially remember Julie Dubois, Joanne Fowler, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Myrna Brown, Mary Greiser, Vernon Lee, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Sherm Olson, Randy Goglin, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Kirsten Overby, Andy Elmer, Larry Bazile, and Leslie. We especially remember the families of Sue Fowler and Paul Silty. And I thank you, Lord, for the grace and mercy and love that I experienced in my uh, going through medical things and the great care that people showed. Thank you for their dear hearts. Feed those who are hungry, reassure those who are despairing, and accompany those who are imprisoned. Rain down the true bread from heaven that gives life to the world. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. You receive all who come seeking a sign of grace. Make this parish a place of hospitality for those accustomed to rejection. To those who have felt excluded here or elsewhere, prepare us to welcome them in the name of Christ. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. You provide food that endures for eternal life. Sustain us each day with the bread of life until we are gathered with Paul and Sue and all the saints and feast together at your heavenly banquet. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We lift these and all our prayers to you, O God, confident in the promise of your saving love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the Church, 
even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to your home congregation, to the synod or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. I hope you enjoy our offering song as you consider your offering. Soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. No more crying there, we are going to see the King. No more crying there, we are going to see the King. No more crying there, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the King Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Hallelujah, hallelujah We're going Would you join me then in the offering prayer? Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we've given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. This time we're going to continue with the communion part of our service, so I'd invite you as part of your home worship, to find uh, a wafer or a piece of bread and to have some grape juice or wine available as well. We continue with the words of institution. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. We pray together our Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 
Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or the wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the body of Christ broken for you. And then take the wine or the grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Finally, we have our benediction. So hear God's promise. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. We'll have our closing hymn at this time. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am.
God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. All you may need, He will provide. God will take care. Nothing you ask will be denied. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time.